Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pass goes through center. Moves it to the wing for Wallstrom. Wallstrom. Snap the deflected puck. It goes in. That might just be the first NHL goal for Oliver Wallstrom. Islanders country. Hello. This is PT Isles. The what just happened edition. Alongside Noel Fogelman. I'm Oz Boggs, Joe Bono. A reminder, you can listen to this show and all Lighthouse Hockey Podcasts on iTunes. Please rate and review. Or find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your SB Nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. Noel, um, a couple of minutes before we started this, I said, how are we going to do this tonight? And you said, with alcohol. So I actually poured myself a glass of wine uh, before oh, the start of the show. And um, I feel like we're going to need it. And a lot of Islanders country is going to need it. You know, before the night started, I said, oh, what kind of show are we going to have tonight? Is it going to be another game where the Islanders fail to score? We're going to talk about how the lack of offense and they didn't address their needs for yet another offseason. And then they put in Bellows and Wallstrom. Wallstrom scores his first goal in the NHL. They're up 3 nothing after one, and it's going to be a happy recap about how the youth infused the team. They responded to Barry Trotz, his fiery press conference, and then that second period happened, and the only thing I could remember that looked similar to this under a Barry Trotz Islanders team was when the Capitals did it at the Coliseum yep. uh, last year. And um, I don't know what happened in that second period, um, it was three nothing or just about ten and a half minutes to go, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's get the good out of the way. 
quick 30 seconds. They addressed everything they had to in that first period. They finally got scoring from the third line. You know, Wallstrom was first, you know, congratulations for his NHL goal. He'll tell his grandkids it was, you know, top shelf on a, you know, a nice wrister. Uh, they got scoring from the fourth line finally. I think it was 18 seconds later with Tadikas. They got a, you know, a dirty power play goal. All right, all the goods out of the way. So the bad now. Um, this team responded like it, like Jack Capuano was still coaching this team. Because you would hear the same things from Cappy after a terrible performance. There was one, you know, a, one roster change. That was it. And then they just, I don't know what happened in the second period. It was just a completely different team. You give up five goals. I mean, we'll, we'll touch upon kind of the maneuvering of the roster, the taxi squad, you know, in a couple of minutes. But you had to feel bad for Barley. I know Barley had a terrible game. You know, three of those were just on him. But he kept looking over to the bench. He wanted to get out of that game. You, you know, you, he, but there was no way that they were going to put Corey Steiner in that game. And it's just, it's, this one falls on trots. I'm sorry. This, this totally falls on trots. You have a veteran goalie in Corey Schneider on your bench. Put him in the game. What's the worst can happen? The worst is already happening. Could it get any worse? I mean, but they got that jump in the start of the third period anyway. You know, I mean, the thought process would have been you would have pulled him. Maybe you would have pulled him right after the fourth goal and not have him in that for the fifth goal. Maybe that would have changed, kept it a one-goal game. Maybe you get it back, start of the third period, and, and you see and you go from there. Um I think, listen, they tried to get cute with the, with the roster and uh, have Schneider there with really no intention on playing him. And, um, you know, Farlamo has been great up until tonight. And uh, in a game where the Islanders get three goals, that's been their magic number with Barry Trotz. They're supposed to win those games or at least absolutely get a point in a game where they score three goals. And, you know, this guy had a couple of shutouts to start the season. You felt really, really good about it. And we've all seen this in hockey before, right? They get the one goal and it's, you know, it's three, it makes it three one and that's okay. As long as you don't give up the second goal right away. Yeah. And they came back and it was a great deflection by Shiri. Um, nothing he could do about that. But then next thing you know, he blinked again and it was a Holloway goal made it three, three and the wheels were coming off and all the momentum was there. And then, you know, Zidane Chara chipping in and scoring a goal and, you know, them loving him as if he's been a capital his entire career right. here. I've never seen a response like that on, like on a, a bench. Playoff game, the way, and that team is galvanized right now with all of the um, injuries situations yeah. with the COVID-19 protocols and Ovechkin out and they're rallying behind the roster they have, which they still have a number of talented players and they were playing great leading up to these two games with the Islanders and they found ways to win. And the Islanders found ways to lose. And, you know, we're going to spend time on this five, a six to three loss and the five goals they allowed in the second period. But the game two, two nights ago, Tuesday night was, was brutal. Brutal. At least, at least on third period, I knew they were losing this game. That game was two, two. They killed a five minute major penalty. That should have swayed momentum. At least get a point, get three on three, get that Matt Barzell on the ice with open ice. And instead they give up a goal to Schultz with 26 seconds left and don't get a point. Yeah. Um, This is about as bad of a back-to-back you can have. Right, and you can th- also throw in, you know, the Devils game getting shut out by Scott Wedgwood. Uh, it, we talked about this last show, how these three games, you could easily get six points out of there, maybe five at the worst. They walked away with no points. Zero. And three and four now. And Great point. Super, you know, competitive uh, division. And it's, it's not going to get any better. There's no help coming. 
There's no help coming from Bridgeport. The taxi squad is nothing. Uh, and I've never seen a player fail upwards as much as Leo Komarov does. Uh, <laughs> now he's on the second line, which, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, this guy. I mean, there's death, there's taxes, and there's a Leo Komarov dumb, dumb penalty. Uh, the, that was a penalty. But he's here for his intangibles, though. Oh, intangibles. He's a great locker room guy. This and that. I mean, at, oh, I mean, it, it started the day one. I mean, when Tavares left, he's the big free agent signing was Leo Comrade. <laughs> the big four fish. Year, <laughs> yeah, four-year deal, no move clause. So the hatred was already there by Islander fans. Four years, I'm sure Lou was just, you know, bidding against himself right there. I can't see any other team offering two years for Comrade. Maybe two. No more than two. But He's here. He's our guy. And there's no reason for him to even be on the team. He could have been on the taxi squad today and have Sorokin as the backup because he cleared waivers already. He doesn't have to be sent you know, through waivers again, for, I think, for a month so, or up to 10 games, whatever. So he's good. So the maneuvering kind of backfired in their face. There was They figured they don't really need Corey Schneider tonight. They needed Corey Schneider tonight. But what are you going to do? I mean, it's just – it's a – a very unsettling loss because the first period, a lot of good things happened, but they just don't have enough firepower to keep up with the and, cast uh, team without Kunetsov, without Orlov, right. without Petschkin. So it's, it's kind of scary. And, um, you know, you talk about the Islanders not having enough firepower and, you know, Anthony Bovillier is a very nice player and we yeah. were hoping that he takes the next step forward this year after a very successful playoff run right. in the bubble in Toronto him being out of the lineup though should not be that gaping of a hole, but you've I seen totally you. the, the reverberating impact on the rest of the lines with, you know, a, a good solid, you know, you know, fringe top six type forward right. being out of the lineup. And uh, right now the fourth line is, you know, Sezika's got a goal. That was nice to see, but they're not you know, no. imprinting themselves on the game. Like they, like we're used right. to seeing from them. I've defended Josh Bailey a lot because just people go overboard with it. Right. And I've done it with satire a lot of times <laughs> online, but he's, he's put together a lot of really solid seasons and you hear the people that have played with him talk about how smart of a player he is, how the little things that he does. He has been nowhere to be found. Agreed. Nowhere yeah. to be found. He's not making a play. He has one assist in yeah. the first seven games. Yeah. And I've been, a, you know, yeah. he's he's ghosting it like the way we saw Brock Nelson do it years ago, where you would feel like you'd go games and be like, was he on the ice today? Yeah, absolutely. And I've been a huge Josh Bailey supporter. Uh, you can't you can't defend him right now, nor Brock Nelson, who's been absolutely invisible as well. The whole the whole second line, we you know, is has been bad. Uh, I mean, obviously, Mavuliyev's hurt, and you have Komarov on the second line, so that's going to drag it down, but. When, back to the fourth line for a second, that's supposed to be an advantage, right? The energy line, the identity line. And when the third line is bad, it negates the advantage of the fourth line. It's like a catcher in baseball when he's, you know, the big power hitter. It, you know, it helps the team. But when you have your first baseman or third baseman putting up putrid numbers, it negates the advantage. And that's what the third line is doing right now. It's neg- negating the advantage of the fourth line which isn't playing well at all. And the first line, well, all right. I mean, Barzal has been really good to start the season. 
you know, he's putting up the numbers. But Everly is Jordan Everly. And I know there was some, you know, talk that maybe Anders Lee should go to third line. I saw that on Twitter today. That ain't happening. That ain't happening at all. So this is the team that that's the one there. line that's going. I mean, yeah, Brock, exactly. You know, uh, Barry Trotz talked after the game on Tuesday night that he felt like he had one line. That's the one line he's talking about. Right. Barzell, yeah. Everly, and Lee. So he's not going to risk breaking them apart no, um, when that's not. the one line. Other other areas have to step up. And listen, we thought it had happened. At the end of the first period, midway through the second period, we thought they had responded. We thought they had a 3 nothing lead. This was going to be a 4-1, 5-2 Islander type of win where they right the ship again like they'd done so many times after bad losses under Barry Trotz. Um, they would be 4-3. and three. They'd have a winning record after seven games. Yes, they left some points on the board on Tuesday night, but you turn your attention to the Flyers and you get back at it. And, and right now, listen, it's a shortened, truncated season. I'm not going to go crazy after one eighth of the season being done, but we know this is a very competitive division. And like we said, this was a stretch where they were playing teams or playing teams that were a little bit wounded, uh, not physically, but just the roster wise. And um, they did not take advantage of it. And now they're going to face a, a good flyers team next couple nights. I mean, listen, we know there were, there were, there were very few, there's really none. There, there were no easy mm-hmm. games during the course of the year. Right. I mean, the Rangers are the one team that's behind them right now. Islanders sitting in seventh in the division. Ranger games are not easy. They don't match up. No. I don't think that great with the Rangers right now with the way they the way they no. with their speed. No, absolutely. So not. you know, and 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 here's the thing, right? I, I had gone through this for the last two years about how good is this team really? Is it smoke and mirrors? Um, you know, the way they played the first year under Trotz, becoming the best defensive team in the league, mm-hmm. giving up the fewest goals, and then last year what they did the first half of the season with the 17 game point streak and then faltering and potentially being out of a playoff spot when the season got paused only to come back and then go on to a run to the conference finals. They are, they need to all be pulling in the same direction. They need all of their roster up and down all the lines, all the defense pairs, all playing the same level. And when they have these unevenness um, you know, in their roster about certain players not going or guys not hot or whatever it may be, they really struggle talent-wise to overcome that. Yeah, and it's been you know, over two years now. You can't play perfect for over two years. And like you said, they need every piece playing that well. And this, this is almost the exact same team. That was basically a game and a half from going to the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, people have short memories about this team. How does he need to break it up? Who's taking these pieces? Who's taking these, you know, (laughs) overpriced guys with multi-year deals? This is the team that's going to get you to the next level, whether you like it or not this year. Yeah. And probably next year The Islander pieces are – the Islander pieces, Noel, are most valuable to the Islanders. That's it. They would not – they would not be – yeah. valuable pieces looked at on another team, right. uh, which again, I think speaks volumes to the job uh, Barry Trotz has done. Yeah. Now, listen, for this team to get better and to turn things around, um, obviously the core group of players are going to have to play much better, but they're going to have to get contributions from the younger players. And the thing is here, the young guys have not been the problem. No, they haven't. Dobson's been good. He's been no, Dobson's been good. Picked up another assist today. Exactly. He had the one bad game. Against you know, Rangers. Bellows. Bellows okay. has been solid. He's not, you know, he's not, he's not scoring goals yeah. like crazy, but 
He's playing a solid two-way responsible yeah. hockey game. And Wallstrom, I know he took a penalty, but he played what well. he, he scored his first NHL goal today. It was the first goal of the game. It was yeah. a big goal, or should right. have been a much bigger goal. Yeah, I mean, so they're getting just... solid contributions. They're not seeing the weakness. I know Sorokin is kind of you put him to the side, one stinker, and then a two nothing yeah. loss. But the young, the young guys that are so paramount to this team being able to maintain and maybe even take a step forward have been good. It's the guys that they count on to this point, seven games in, are not there. Trotz talked about, you know, that he, they're not having their playoff you know, not getting playoff caliber performances from them. And he's really getting pissed off. Um, and it's probably surprising for him because he's probably very used to this team responding to him and it just right. hasn't happened yet. And this is, you know, two games, you know, that this has happened. I mean, I'm not saying that they're tuning Barry Trotz out because so they're not, but something's going to change. I mean, do you sit one of these guys for a game? Do you sit a Josh Bailey for a game? You potentially sit at the Cal Clutterbuck or any of these guys. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the defense, you're not sitting any of the defensemen because there's just no one there to replace them with, which, I mean, I'm sure Nick Letty can sit a game or even Scott Mayfield because that pairing I'm not really a big fan of right now. Uh, it's very inconsistent. But the, the second one, I know you're not going to sit Brock Nelson, but can you sit a Jordan Epley for a game? Why not? I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Well, light a fire under these guys. You have to do something. You know, it's not, like I said before, that's, that's a tough call, coming. right? Because you need you need certain you guys need, to just turn the right. corner and play better, and that's going to put your most talented roster out there. Um, but, are, but are they putting the most talented roster when you have Leo Komarov out there? All right. So if you, you had your brothers for tonight, for without but without, without well without Bavillier as an option, who who's playing tonight? That's the problem. I mean, you maybe I mean, bear, so- yeah, maybe you bury Komarov on the third line, but then, like you said, the third line stinks. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but can't you bring Michael Del Cole? I mean, put him. I mean, if you're not getting any offense out of Komarov, you don't get much offense out of Del Cole right now. But at least you know Del Cole is not taking a stupid penalty. That's about it. I mean, I mean, that's uh, it. With, I mean, with like- Del Cole. Um, I don't know. There's not a, there's not a ton of answers. Some quotes coming in um, from Barry Trotz um, from the post game quote. I don't know right now. I thought we were playing pretty well, even early in the second. This is a tough one, two to three minute span. We were below average. They shot pucks. We went to the net. We got to clean that up. I saw a quote from Anders Lee before where he basically just said uh, that was a lapse. You know, the second period was a lapse. I, I would say so. Yeah. I would and that so. Barry, uh, Barry said his piece to the team. So, um, we're in, a, we're in a tough spot, I think, as Islander fans right now, because we're all watching the same team. We all know their limitations, but we've also mm-hmm. seen this team kind of counter conventional wisdom over the last couple of years and win a lot of really win a lot of hockey games. And uh, this is just kind of the latest type of adversity that they're facing, and it's a different type of season with a different type of schedule. But they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find a way. So you know, for me. Until they completely don't respond and fall completely out of this thing, I'm going to bank on them finding a way to make sure that they're still in the mix to try to finish in the top four of this division. Yeah, I mean, they're seven games into the season now. I know it's a, you know, a truncated season, but there's still time. I mean, they, they, can, they can get it together, but just 
coming out of the offseason where it just was a very uneasy feeling because this team was so close last year and you knew nothing could get done. This was the roster, all the you know, caps, you know, limitations. They had to trade Devontae's, who, by the way, has more goals than all the Islanders defensemen combined. But besides the point, um, that's not been the issue, the defense, but you knew they needed to get scoring. And the fact that <laughs> we've known we've known they needed to get scoring I know, for about a decade. High school, I know it's I know, but like you had my my Kaufman, a guy who signed for four million dollars. There's your answer right there. But but apparently they were they were talking to him. But a lot of players got that. frustrated. How many, times, how many times we heard that over the years? The Islanders and but well 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 listen. Tired. What also didn't help is the Islanders had to settle at a lot of unfinished business cap wise, and people didn't want to wait around to find out, hey, how are you going to net out before I make a decision? You know, so I can go sign with this team or you're going to make me wait a few more weeks to make sure you can see if you can trade players or come up with some other cap wizardry to stay underneath the number. So, yeah. you know, not surprised. But, yeah, all these these type of players that, uh, you know, could have helped them offensively. And you know, maybe we'll talk yeah. about another one in our next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's um, – it is what it is, and it's it's frustrating for an Islander fan um, to to know obviously what the the shortfalls of the team are, and just you know, it's one thing to have have it where people wouldn't come to the Islanders and they were not a destination, um, but that 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 excuse is pretty much gone at this point. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of we've screwed up our cap situation and our roster structure so much so where we don't have the ability to bring in that that person, uh, yeah. JG Pajot, uh, withstanding. Right, you know, it's pretty funny because. Now they have to make maneuvers in the taxi squad to get like under the cap. Wasn't maybe five, six years ago they traded for a retired Tim Thomas to get to the cap floor. So, I mean, it's amazing how far this team has come <laughs> in, in that regard, you know? But yeah, I mean, it's just there's still plenty of time. Uh, but they, they like, like we said, they need their players to play and they need their scorers to score because the next two games are huge. They're both in Philly and Philly. Didn't forget what happened over the summer. You know, they they embarrassed him in Game mm. Seven. You know, and, and, the, and the same thing with the Capitals. The Capitals, you know, had a little chip on their shoulder the last two games. They got embarrassed in that five game series. And the Islanders are, are you know are a marked team for what they what they did in the bubble. And they're playing these teams. And we've seen times. this in sports, of course. We've seen in sports teams, you know, make runs. Not necessarily always a championship run, yeah. but there is sometimes a hangover. Right. And, uh, you know, it takes a while for them to find their way or they have a disappointment. They played longer and deeper into than they ever had before. And then you kind of kind of are trying to recreate that energy and that feeling, that magic that you had as a team, you know, four or five months ago. Um, you know, maybe it's a little it's a little hard, but, you know, listen, the team was three and one. They were three and one. They had two shutouts. The only game yeah. they lost was a was a game where they started a rookie goaltender on 20 minutes notice. Yeah. And you were feeling pretty good. Going right. into this, they found a way to beat a Bruins team one nothing in a game that, you know, they probably lose more times out of not more times than not. They handled the Devils four one like they like they should have took care of yeah. business. So you know the trajectory wise was looking pretty right. good three games ago, and right now it's looking very much differently. So maybe they'll surprise us and win a couple games against the Flyers. But you know, right now you're you know you're thinking, oh my God, we're going to be you know three and six, uh, you know, as we start the month of February. Yeah, exactly. But what do Yogi Berra say? It gets late early, so they have to. Yep. <laughs> What's your favorite Yogiism? There's so many. Um, 
what's probably my favorite is like no one goes to this restaurant because it's always crowded. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, I like the one. I always one I always use is um, make sure you go to other people's funerals, otherwise they won't go to yours. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, see, you see a fork in the road, you take it. You know, <laughs> I love talking to people that don't know baseball at all. Like in, in my day job, right? I talk to a lot of people that don't live in the U.S. every single right. day, and I like use this stuff and like kind of uh, you know, bring the yogiisms into into everyday conversation. It's, it's a good go-to. So yeah. um, anyway, it's not over till it's over, folks. The season's only seven games old and yeah. um, there's plenty of times to turn it around. We're feeling lousy right now, but uh, let's give this team a little bit more of a leash, uh, you know, given what they've done over the last couple of years, this coaching staff, these players, they tend to come together and rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, maybe some good could come out of a, a two game, very forgettable back to back with the Washington Capitals. Let's take a break. When we come back, our Isles Buzz segment, stories around Islanders country off the ice. I'm Joe Bono. He's Noel Folkeman. You're listening to PT Isles on the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back. Joe Bono, Noel Fogelman, PT Isles, Lighthouse Hockey. Time for our Isles Bugs segment where we talk about Islanders country stories off the ice and uh, way, way away from Long Island today. There were highlights from Sweden, no Fogelman, of one Josh Hosang. And those highlights made people salivate yeah, for more I Josh mean, Hosang. I mean, you thought once he got loaned to San Antonio last year, the book was closed on Josh Hosang. Then he gets qualified. Then he signs. Then he's not invited to camp. Then he goes to Sweden. You think now the book is closed. But Islander fans can't yeah. get enough of this guy. Uh, but you know what? He's there with another Islander uh, prospect, Robin Salo. Second round pick mm-hmm. of, uh, I guess, 2017. Yeah, he was their own... first pick that year. They didn't yeah, have a first round pick. Right, exactly. Thanks to uh, Vegas. I-, I guess you can call him the new white whale. Because I don't think we'll ever see Robin Salo in an Islander jersey, but that's just another story from the day. Um, you know, why, is that? why do you say that? I don't know. I mean, because he seems like he's just a European player, happy and comfortable. Just happy, sweet. Yeah, just you know, what's the point of coming over? I mean, there's, there's still a lot of Islander defensive prospects. You know, maybe he sees the writing on the wall where he's not getting a chance. I mean, because there are quite a few prospects in Bridgeport. You. With uh, you know Van Sample and you know Wotherspoon and you know Bodek and uh, Forty Wild, so I mean, and you have the guys up here. So I mean, I don't think there's really a path for Robin Salo, but with Hosang, there's a couple of cool. And Robin Salo is not a, he's not a happy Swede, by the way. He's a happy Finn playing, right, playing in Sweden. In Sweden. Yeah. You're happy, right, right, right. I should say. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but I mean, I'm sure he's having a better. Uh, I think he's having a better time of it, a time of it right now than another Salo. Uh, Tommy Salo. I don't know if you saw that in the news. No, what happened? Um, he was handed a prison sentence for crashing a car 
while three times over the legal limit in Sweden. Uh, I guess the car accident happened um, last August. The former hockey champion, Team Sweden, 1994 gold medal. Of course, that uh, yeah, that was Pole Korea and Canada versus Peter Forsberg in Sweden. I remember yeah. watching that as a kid. Right. He, according to witnesses, his path went wobbly between road lines at a relatively low speed before he crashed into the boundaries. Oh, Sentenced wow. to two months in prison and after being convicted for aggregated driving under the influence. So uh, that's uh, that's our uh, solo news, uh, both Robin and <laughs> Tommy exactly. Solo. Wow. You know, I mean, yes, he found his reasons to cry, you know. But that's going back to the whole Mike Milbury arbitration thing. Um, hopefully, you know, no one got hurt, including himself. But that's yeah, that, that's that's pretty scary. But you know, a couple of highlights with you know Hosang today. I don't know if you saw, you know, it really had a cool breakaway. But people got to remember with the speed and stuff, they play on a, you know, a much wider ice surface. So I mean, this is like tailor made for Josh Hosang. It's perfect for him, yeah. You know, and just this is where he's going to be. I think he's going to flourish in Europe. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Plenty of, you know, North American players mm-hmm. play in Europe and have great careers. And I think that's what's going to happen. No one wanted Josh Hosang. You can say, oh, we could have traded him, this and that. He cleared waivers twice. Twice. Yep. Twice. And it's not like he had, you know, a lucrative contract. His contract was the league minimum. So The um, Alex, uh, Alex Buddy Peck, who I once uh, co-hosted the show with, right. uh, who now lives in Colorado, gets to watch Devontae's. Uh, yeah. Uh, with the avalanche he wrote after seeing uh, the highlight from josh ho saying yeah he's good but he's not taking a five minute major in the third period of a tie game good (laughs) (laughs) and i know it could be that simple for a lot of people you know how is this guy with the talent he has offensively and what the void on the team is how can he not get a sniff uh with the roster while players like leo kamarov getting you know big minutes late in games but at the same time the fact that he keeps on getting unclaimed, you know, there's something there right. um, that people that are much more astute at watching hockey obviously know and see, uh, but they don't feel feel like he's a value add for their organization at this time, or at least a spot on their NHL roster. So I, I, I like the kid. I always yeah. felt like he is somewhat given a bad rap. I mean, remember back when he was drafted and uh, that stigma, Probably some his fault, some not, um, you know, with the quotes he gave and obviously the issue with oversleeping and running the stairs at the Coliseum. He, he's not innocent here, but, um, you know, I felt, you know, deep down you, when you hear him talk and you see him, you think he's a good soul. And uh, I, I hope, um, you know, I hope things work out with him wherever he ends up uh, playing either in the short term and the long term. Yeah, because I mean, I interviewed him a few times and I was covering, you know, the Sound Tigers, you know, he was a really nice guy. He was always good to my kids and stuff like that. Uh, but he's, he was like almost like a big kid. And I don't know if the maturity, yeah. you know, it just never came. But the talent's there. And if the Islanders hadn't taken the first round, who knows how long he would have fallen in, in that draft. But mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully the book is And uh, obviously if anyone was... If anyone was following the news today, uh, specifically watching CNBC, we saw the... Uh, the Reddit trades and everything that was going on with GameStop and and AMC and, and some other stocks, Nokia, BlackBerry, et cetera, and then Robinhood not allowing the trades to go through yeah. and um, all the uh, craziness that is a, and really interesting just conversation that's kind of happened over the course of the last several days with what we've seen in the market. But, you know, I said on Twitter that 
you know, if GameStop was an Islanders player, it would be Josh Hosang because you would have, you know, the suits, right? The big business people, the hockey executives essentially trying to sell short Josh Hosang, right? And yet you have this kind of group of, of, of fans that see him and see, you know, something they really like and want to root for. And they're trying to, yeah. you know, they're trying to bury him out in Sweden and the Islander fans would be trying to prop him up and, and over maybe overvalue him even. Um, but they like him. And they're saying, hey, why don't you give this guy a chance? Why are you trying to, you know, end his career early? Why are you not allowing him an opportunity to kind of flourish on your roster? Um, so that was my uh, my uh, stock market stonks, uh, yeah. Josh Hosang comparison right, <laughs> to yeah. wrap this up. <laughs> right. That was, yeah, that was basically my day because I, I deal with all of that every day. And it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but it, this whole story is fascinating. But I want to know. Can I get more money in my return for my NHL 20 game now? And, or my Madden <laughs> more than the $2 I would normally get? That's all I want to know. So where I, where I, where I work, um, you got to get all your trades approved. Okay. Right. They have to be, I work in financial services during the day. So you got to get your trades approved. You got to make sure they're not uh, part of a blacklist that the, the bank is working on some kind of, um, you know, deal that uh, would, would prevent you from buying that stock. And not only that, um, your your significant other um, needs to get approval as well if they also work in a similar industry like my right. situation. So it's very difficult to get in and out of positions and, and also you need to hold on to one for 30 days. So wow. uh, not really uh, an opportunity for someone like me unless I want to face a compliance violation. Might have been worth it uh, at least a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm not, who am I kidding? I don't have the guts. I, I put a $500 probably bet on something. Yeah. feel good. And then you feel bad when it goes up that high and you only put $500 into something good. But the real money that would make life changing money. I don't have the stomach for it. And no. God bless uh, the people that uh, yeah. were willing to take out second mortgages and, and steal and yeah. borrow from their parents and do whatever oh, yeah. they need to do to get in these positions. God bless. I hope it works out for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll just stick with FanDuel and DraftKings then. <laughs> for a couple, for a couple <laughs> bucks here and there, you know. <laughs> so, so I'm right now. Nolan and I are on a Zoom, and behind him, over his right shoulder, is a, a logo of WWE, um, which um, which is on the wall. And that was actually the best stock pick I ever had. They like got crushed. I don't know how many years ago, and they were down to like eight nine bucks, and they went all the way up to like ninety ninety five. That was my that was my big one. Yeah, I believed in the I believed in the WWE network. Right. That was a good that was a good good win on my end. Yeah, and um, I wanted to, uh, sold to Peacock, NBC Universal Peacock this week. Mm-hmm. All around the whole library and now the whole channel is moving over there. So same. It's interesting. And then obviously the shuttering of uh, NH oh, the NBA NBC network. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, we should talk about that for a second. Yeah, that news kind of just kind of came out a little bit of yeah. nowhere, and I thought you know that's been a good partnership. I think. You know, NBC didn't have a sport, right? They lost the NFL. Um, you know, they weren't carrying Major League Baseball, the NBA, and they kind of connected themselves to hockey. And I thought, forget the whatever the ratings were. I always felt their game presentation was top notch. I was, I always really enjoyed it, both there and and on NBC Sports Network. And and to lose that that part of the partnership, I think is going to be a big blow. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the games now. All this stuff is going to move over to USA, and I think eventually to, to Peacock. So maybe they can kind of do what TNT did for, for basketball, and they just make it the one sport they follow and cover, and put in because TNT's you know coverage of the NBA is second to none. And you know the inside of the NBA show they do the post game is, is fantastic. 
Uh, I mean, they can do that with hockey, but the problem is they don't have the personalities in hockey as they do in the NBA. No. Mike Babcock's on now. He's yeah. not. He's not very yeah. good. I haven't been. Not very good. I mean, I'm sure he's a great coach. He's done a lot. He's won cups, but uh, anyway, he's in his he's in his early days. But I haven't been overly impressed with him. Uh, Patrick Sharp's real good to look at. Uh, so yeah, I've been told. Nice hair, yeah. You know, um, and obviously they lose Doc Emmerich, um, who really? I listen. I think people like Brendan Burke and John Forslund are all great, and Kenny Albert. But you know you felt like it was a big game when Doc Emmerich was calling the game. Right. Yeah. You know, it would have been like Vince Scully calling a baseball game or Marv Alper calling a basketball game. It just yeah. feels a little bit different, right. no matter how good, you know, Mike Breen or, right. or um, Joe Buck or whomever else is. So, um, but uh, you know, I think when that news broke, the thing that came to me was, you know, and depending on how old you are and you're listening to this, not only do you remember versus the versus network where mm-hmm. NHL was on, but oh, remember that they were on the outdoor right. Life, what was it? OLN, O-L-N Outdoor yeah. Life Network. Right. Well, they had the I mean, great. I think this was probably before they even had the outdoor games. They were on the Outdoor Life Network. So right. this has kind of been an ongoing saga for the NHL to find kind of a, yeah. a really good TV partner. And they had one with NBC. Yeah. And it, it hurts for me because I'm, I'm in the business and, you know, not you know, seeing people who I know work there, you know, eventually lose their jobs because I've lost quite a few jobs in, in the business. I've had networks closed and stuff like that. You, you go through it and it's just, it's not going to get any easier, especially with the pandemic and everything like that. So, you know, my heart's got out to everyone who's going to lose their job at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I left the business. Yeah. <laughs> that's why yeah. I left sports, at least part of it. Uh, yeah. A little bit of uh, unpredictability. Um, I wanted to uh, bring this up. Um, this was on Facebook. Someone found this guy named Glenn Orenstein on one of the Facebook groups I'm in said, I've been one of the fans who was a teen during the glory years. And he was cleaning up and came across a piece of paper. That was one of 14,855 scotch tape to every seat at the Coliseum. Sometime he thought in the late seventies during the playoffs. And I mean, this is really cool. It's it, if it, because it looks in really good condition. And it looks like it's handwritten. I don't know if it was just copied right. um, and put on every, everyone's seats. It says, Islander fans, if you really are a fan, if you haven't given up, keep reading. During the Stanley Cup playoffs in Los Angeles, the Kings fans gave them a seven-and-a-half-minute ovation to show how they felt. We can do better. Tonight at 8 o'clock when the Islanders come out, let's show them the support their fans can give them, help them win the Cup. If you're a true fan, you will show it. So I don't know the, the how this got done. I don't think it was done by the organization. Had it probably yeah. been done by uh, uh, some fan somewhere that yeah. somehow put this on every single seat at the Coliseum somehow. Yeah. Um, and I guess the way it goes is it was before Game Six um, against um, in in 1980 in the in the first round. Yeah, oh, playoffs. Job. That's where it was. Yeah. So I thought that was a really cool story that I hadn't yeah. heard at, yeah. at this point. Yeah, have things that you know because now it's easy. Someone puts out a tweet, yeah, exactly. They give you a rally towel, done, they give right. you a shirt, right? You know, the, the 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 video screen tells you what to do, and you go do it. Um, yeah. you know, that was kind of uh, you know, 1990 how to go viral and get something like that to happen, right? Pretty exactly. Cool. exactly. It's just word of mouth back then. That's that's a, that's a very interesting story. It's just really cool, absolutely. And I, I guess the um, and I'm sorry, that was in the UBS arena. It looks like uh, 
there, you know, selling season tickets pretty nicely too. It looks like the uh, upper bowl and I was almost sold out. So the props are. Yeah. And I also heard that, um, that, uh, you know, uh, percentages in terms of what their season tickets are in, in Connecticut and Westchester are up. So right. um, you're a Connecticut resident. I am kind of, I guess now yeah. I bought a house there, but I'm not living at the house right. because, you know, not ready yet uh, for, for prime time, but um, I got to make that trip. I got to, I got to see how long it would take. I feel like it'd be an hour at least, but I think I would yeah. avoid the BQE. So I'd probably be better off than I was in Brooklyn. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll get there. I just, I could not commit to you know, tickets. You know, yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a similar boat and, and these poor ticket sales rep guys, they keep on calling and Me too, yeah. keep on giving them the same spiel. Guys, I know your number. If I want to get tickets, I promise you, I, I will call you if I want to get a package. I yeah. good luck, but I can't commit to a, a, a long-term package. I'm just not going to be able to get to those games on, on any consistency. So I'll probably be picking and choosing. And yeah. unfortunately the days of the, three dollar ticket are probably going to be over so yeah add a couple I'll zeros to uh, be ready for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> similar to the uh the town tigers called me this week because um they announced they're not having fans you know in the sands uh this year in their three team division which should be really interesting this year uh because a couple teams backed out and the whole realignment but uh my season tickets are being moved over to the next year okay so, yeah which is fine you know i'm almost i'm paying for it and everything like that so the, the rep called me he's like what all you know what everything going on you know the sound tigers you know feel bad so they're offering all their fans free hl tv for the year which is really mm. cool it's a, a really good deal sound tigers home and away they have a higher package to everybody all the other teams but naturally my luck i ordered the the hl tv three days before they gave me the call like, Ooh, so, and you weren't I'm, able to uh, un- undo it. yeah whatever so i have to call and see if i can uh you know, get a refund, but I mean, it's it's good that you know the, the Sound Tigers, who obviously like most, if not all, the AHL teams are really hurting now with the lack of fans. You know, last year as well as this year. I mean, I don't know how some of these leagues are going to survive. Um, you know, it, it's it's difficult. I mean, we're seeing a you know a shrinkage of the you know minor leagues and in, in, in baseball and a condensing right. of that already happening. And you know, for for a lot of players that may not have you know, NHL futures, but this can be a, you know, a very well-paying professional gig for a number of years um, as they kind of, you know, get their life and, and kind of get on their feet and kind of want to start their, start their lives with their families. So um, yeah, there'll definitely be some impact there if they're, if they're, if, if you know, these leagues are hurt long-term. Right. Um, so the last thing I have was the, um, the return uh, this week of, the OV pod, uh, the obstructed yeah. views podcast, um, which, um, you know, I'm friends friendly with Ethan Levy and, um, you know, I've met Chris Howard a couple times and, and James Duffy, of course, co-hosted uh, PT Isles with me. And uh, he's now joined that show. And they had about a two and a half hour, two and a half year hiatus. And every once in a while, they would throw out a tweet that made you feel like they were going to come back, and then the show would never actually occur. Right. And then they finally recorded a, a 30, 35-minute episode. And, it's, and if you haven't listened, um, you know, we're a podcast promoting another podcast. It's just a different type of show. It's, not, it's a little bit of X's and O's, um, but it's a lot of, uh, a lot of good humor, and uh, they get really creative, and uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, 
and I'm sure I'm looking forward to a, another episode after these couple losses. So I just want to give a, you know, kudos to my uh, some people I know, so guys I'm friendly with, and have interacted with on Isles Twitter over the course of a number of years, and it was it was great to see, uh, you know, see the uh, Josh Hosang of podcasts uh, as they call themselves uh, return uh, return back this week. Right, I was actually going to bring that up, you know, because I remember they were, they were like you know obsessed with him. He was even on their show once too, which I remember. Which was, yeah, he was. <laughs> that, that was that was really good. That was real, that was really out there. But it's, yeah, it's good, to, you know, it's good to have another Islanders uh, podcast. But the last thing for there me, there are is, a few. There's yeah, there's quite a few, you know. There's guess, there's there's a couple. Yeah, I mean, I, you can probably stumble. On I some. I've been doing this since like 2014, 15 season, and there was the Islanders point blank stuff that Chris Botta did, and then right. Compton did. There was the Dump and Chase podcast. Um, with the guys over at Islanders Insight, I think. Right. Um, there were two or three, three or four. Yeah. And and now it's just, I mean, just think, listen, the content and the creativity of this fan base is right. up there with anything. And right. then, you know, I've talked about this before. Because because they're not mainstream when it came to media coverage, um, fans were on their own to kind of create their own content. And, um, you know, not that I want the Islanders to not be mainstream or not get coverage in the traditional news media, but, you know, it, it, it's fostered this um, this kind of culture around fans creating content. And it's right. it's been great. Um, and that's what I think we love about following the Islanders specifically on social media. You know, it's it's been great. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it seems like a new one comes out every season. You know, they're all good. But when we talk about the mainstream media, the final or the second final uh, home opener at the Coliseum, the New York Post seemed having been covering it. They had an AP wire story. And that's why there's a need for all these Islander podcasts and Islander blog. You know, it's, it, it's needed because the mainstream media and even the, not even the mainstream, the New York media, thankfully they have the athletic. Now we have Arthur Staple and Andrew goes gross at the um, at news stage. You have two beat writers. Finally, I mean, we, you know, sometimes you get Molly Walker yeah. does a great job, you know, covering it for the post, but she's kind of more Rangers now working on that, that, her podcast for the post. But Islander fans keep keep producing all this great content, you know? Yeah. It, and uh, just one other thought before we wrap up here is I, I don't, if I'm a beat writer right now, I would love to have them on and we probably should have one of them on real yeah. soon is, you know, is a newspaper ever going to fly you out? to cover a regular season game again. I know. I mean, you know, Great it's, point. you know, the same thing like in my industry where people are now working from home and they go, wait a second, you know, how many of these jobs don't have to actually come to an office. Right. Um, and now people are watching games from their, from their living rooms on TV, like we do. And uh, they have a certain amount of media availability. You're not in the scrum of the dressing rooms. They're kind of keeping, you know, two, two to four players made available and, and you write your game stories based on those comments and you come in through zoom and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on the other end of this, but uh, things are, things are certainly, certainly going to be different. Yeah. And we hope things are different for the Islanders uh, real, real soon. Cause they're on the midst of a uh, three game losing streak after this six, three loss to the Washington capitals on Thursday night. So that'll do it for this episode of PT Isles. Next up for the Islanders, they are in Philadelphia the next two games starting Saturday 
the 30th at 7 p.m. And then back-to-back quick turnaround the next day on Sunday, January 31st, against the Flyers before returning home for two games against the Buffalo Sabres. For No Fulgament, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next week, Islanders Country. Good night.